0: You're listening to the Our Town Reno podcast with KWNK LP 97.7 FM in Reno, Nevada. It's filing season ahead of June primaries in local elections. One of the candidates who filed early, Kyle Isaacson, recently stopped by our studios. He's running for Washoe County Commission District 3. Isaacson is a new candidate who comes from the activism and green initiatives realm. In our interview, he goes more into his background, why he's running for County Commission, the particularities of District 3, and what makes him a different candidate than others he might be facing. I'm your host, Nico Columbus, the coordinator of the Street Reporting Collective, Our Town Reno, which includes this podcast. First, a word from our sponsor, and then back to this week's episode with Kyle Isaacson running for Washoe County Commission, District
1: 3. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcast. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School of, of journalism. journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab.
2: Media
0: Welcome to this week's episode of the R Town Reno podcast. I'm your host, Nico Columbus and today's episode is with Kyle Isaacson, who is running for Washoe County Commission District 3. So first off, why are you running for political office, and have you ever run for any position in your life previously?
2: No, I've never run for any elected position. Well, I take that back. That was uh, fifth grade um, class president. I came in third. So this will be my first adult foray into the political realm. And why am I running? Uh, I get asked that now every day. And I think the easiest way to answer it is to say that I care really deeply about what happens to our community, what happens with our environment, and how we're moving into the future. And we can talk more about kind of the specifics of that, uh, you know, specific things I'm interested in as we move on but that's that's pretty much it i my my entire adult life has been centered around service in one form of, or another being a teacher community organizer doing some election stuff um and it's it's i see it kind of as an extension of that work um i i i, I fully believe that in in a democracy regular people need to step up need to serve need to bring their ideas and kind of take their time to shape our community and kind of keep the dialogue going um and so yeah so that's that's kind of it i i'll add too that the the other reason is kind of a timing thing in my life um my kids are both in school they're teenagers we're pretty settled with our nonprofit and kind of our 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 work my family is really supportive uh it's an open seat in district 3 and and there's a lot of things going on right now that kind of make the timing um, pretty perfect. And
0: yes, before we go into what the uh, county commissioner's role is exactly, voters uh, like to to know their candidates on a, a personal level as well. So tell us a little bit more about your background, your history with Reno, who you are, you know, what, what are some of the specifics of uh, what you've done recently that you're very proud of?
2: Yeah, sure. So I grew up in New York and um, met my wife in Colorado in 99. We were both teaching at a residential high school for at-risk youth. And from Colorado, we moved to San Francisco where she had been living. And I continued teaching there at an inner city school in Visitation Valley uh, Middle School, which was the most intense teaching experience I've ever had. Um, And then from there, we moved to the East Coast, spent a couple more years teaching at a small town uh, called Keene, New Hampshire, under middle school job science, and then uh, came out to Reno. And my wife is from this area, and my mother-in-law was a professor at UNR for 20 years. So uh, we came out in 2004 to work on the 2004 election. And both of us got really good jobs as, as um, get-out-the-vote organizers. So I was the deputy state field director for a group called America Coming Together, And we had a lot of money from different sources, so we were able to work, uh, kind of, we had this umbrella, and within the umbrella was Planned Parenthood, Sierra Club, Democracy for Nevada, and basically what I did was I cut turf and got canvassers, we had about a staff of 20, um, got people out every day talking to voters and seeing what they cared about and trying to make sure people could get out if they wanted to vote. And then every weekend, we would have hundreds, and then eventually it was thousands of volunteers coming together to work on the election. So that was my first time uh, living in Reno, and then we decided to stay. Uh, We both went back to teaching, and my wife and I were able to secure a substantial grant to start a project-based middle school. And so we wound up teaming up with High Desert Montessori Charter School, and we created a middle school program there. And actually, both my kids have now gone through it. My my youngest son is in the seventh grade right now there. And so that's been a lasting um, uh, program that I've been very proud of. Uh, Left teaching in 2007, was the education director for the Great Basin Institute for a year. We moved out to the river school. I managed the river school kind of on the west side of town for a year, uh, although we were there for two years. And it was there that our life kind of took a sharper turn. We had always been concerned about the environment and trying to live more sustainably. And while we were there, we learned how to garden and we learned about natural building and permaculture and things like that. And that kind of launched us on a year and a half, two-year trip around the country, kind of really digging into like, what are our values? It was kind of a learning trip. We were checking out different communities. I, I did an apprenticeship around natural building. Um, And then at one point in that trip, somebody asked us, well, you know, what do you guys, if if you couldn't fail, if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do right now? And we both decided, you know, we'd go back to Reno and kind of put what we learned to use and create a project there. And so we came back in 2011 and we started what we call the Be the Change Project. And it's a nonprofit dedicated to service, sustainability, and community uplift. We were able to get a rundown house uh, that backs up to Whitaken Avenue. And with a lot of support, uh, started fixing it up. And so now we've we've transformed this this kind of uh, charming <laughs> residence into a thriving and verdant urban homestead, full of gardens and um, trees and fruit trees and flowers and pollinator species, all that kind of stuff. And so for the past ten years or so, we've been mainly dedicated to that to that work, and how that looks in the community is that we 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 kind of start at the homestead and then radiate out with the projects we take on. So we've done about six murals with a whole bunch of different artists and students and kids over the years along Wittekind. We put on a couple events in Pat Baker Park for Art Town. Um, We started the Reno Garlic Fest to support local food and and, uh, local farmers. I started the Reno Rot Riders, which is now a down-to-earth compost business. It's a green business that collects food waste and turns it into compost. Uh, I did that to generate awareness around composting, about kind of hands-on things that people could do, to actually feel like they're making an impact, and hopefully, uh, and the goal too is to have it eventually spread citywide. So we sold that, and now, gosh, they're just they're just running with it. It's really, I'm really proud of what they've done with it. Um, another project I'm proud of is we built a a house on a lot that we were able to purchase two doors down from our home, and so that's one of the things I do. I I grew up um, as a I did building when I was a young man. Uh, commercial roofing in New York and framing in Colorado and, and carpentry in different places. And so building's always been a passion. So we were able to get this lot, and we wanted to build something there that could have a lasting impact on affordable the affordable housing issue. And so we worked with the Community Foundation of Northern Nevada to put this house into what's called a community land trust for affordable housing. And that means that people can buy and sell the house, but the land is always part of the land trust. And we donated the value of the land to the trust, uh, built the house, then sold the house to a young couple, a working class couple. Um, and what that does, is the land trust keeps the house permanently affordable in perpetuity. So it will always be tagged to kind of the middle, middle income in the county. One other thing I'll mention, too, that we got into is testing the Truckee River for microplastics, uh, microplastics pollution. Uh, we worked a little bit with DRI on that and a hydrologist fr- friend and, and uh, collected a bunch of samples over a couple year period, got them analyzed, and kind of, uh, yeah, kind of started that off in the area. So it's a lot of service things, it's a lot of community uplift. We kind of you know, if we see something that we care about, figure out what's the first step um, to kind of making a bigger vision come to fruition.
1: Did you know our town Reno now has a reddit? Our bio there says, a sub to discuss issues surrounding the living and housing affordability crisis in Reno, how to help our unhoused neighbors, the disappearance of public space, the value of street art, promoting heroes and sheroes in the biggest little city, small local businesses, worker rights, and green initiatives. We feature our Tamarino reporting and welcome story ideas and submissions to share across our platforms. So if you're a Redditor, join us there. And if you're not, why not jump in with us to hashtag Help Each Other? Now back to
0: this week's R-Town Reno podcast episode. This is the R-Town Reno podcast. I'm your host, Nico Colombant. this week, and our guest is Kyle Isaacson. And we're talking about running for Washoe County Commission District 3. So Nevada is now an all-mail-in ballot state uh, post-pandemic or still in the pandemic. But that came about uh, during the
2: pandemic do you think that changes the dynamic electorally? Well, I think it's going to get more people to vote, which I think is nothing but a good thing. Um, if we can get participation up, especially in these these kind of uh, non presidential election years, when when participation is traditionally a lot lower, um, I think it's great to have more access to voting, to have easier ways to do it. And that's you know I didn't mention this earlier, but that's one of the re- that's another reason why. I wanted to run. Now I was so. Oh man, uh, let's see how to put this with the with the pandemic and kind of following the Trump presidency. I was I was kind of like done <laughs> in a lot of ways with kind of you know bigger community work. I, I thought I was kind of retreating a little bit, kind of feeling this kind of malaise or frustration. And then a couple of people approached me about this position last year, and I started looking into it, and thinking about it. And I tell you, it has gotten me fired up and more energized and much more engaged. And after seeing this stuff on January 6th and all the lies that kind of went along with that nonsense around the election, I want to be a stand for for free, fair, and accessible elections. This is not something that we can leave to anybody. Um, There's too much pressure on kind of dismantling or... Creating fear or um, what's the word? Doubt around the, the the our electoral system and just I think it was uh, it was yesterday or two days ago at the Washoe County Commission meeting there were all sorts of folks you know kind of spreading these conspiracy theories and I, I I worked as an election worker in 2020 during the kind of a little more of the height of the craziness of the pandemic when we didn't know a whole lot and I figured you know what I'm healthy uh, there's probably going to be not going to be a lot of the older people who normally run the elections or work the polls doing it this, this time. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll step up and do that. So I worked for early, early voting, uh, seven days, 77 hours, wearing the mask full time and just doing intake up in the North valleys and, and helping people get to the, um, you know, cast their votes. I was so impressed with the quality of the people who, who were running the, 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 um, what do you call it? The, uh, voting, um, <laughs> place, um, And with their knowledge, with the computer system, and we had a couple little problems. Uh, One of them was a guy who wouldn't wear a mask, and so we had to clear everybody out and make everybody wait in line so this guy could have his own little space. Another one was a guy wearing a red hat who um, wouldn't take it off, and that's in violation of electioneering laws. Um, And then another couple who tried to vote twice because they had gotten a text, I think they said it was from... It was, was, I think, it was from the Republican, something or other, and that said that their their vote probably didn't count. So we had to take them through the system and say, "Oh no, actually, you've already voted, and we've counted it, and here's how it works." Um, So yeah, there's kind of a tangent there, but that that's another reason why I want to I want to I want to become a commissioner is to is to protect the integrity of our county's voting.
1: This is Katherine Schofield, coming to you from the studios of the Reynolds School of Journalism. Did you know Our Town Reno now has a TikTok? We do humans of Reno, places of Reno, as well as street interviews on controversial topics. Find us at Our Town Reno on TikTok for new, interesting content about the biggest little city. Now back to this week's Our Town Reno podcast episode.
0: This is the R-Town Reno podcast. We're with Kyle Isaacson, who's running for Washoe County Commission District 3. So you mentioned uh, that the timing is right for you to run for office. So why a county commission office? And what does a county commissioner do exactly
2: once they're elected? Yeah, so that's been an amazing learning curve for me. Um, I spoke to a, a, a county commissioner who was in the office in the mid-90s, and I asked him a similar question. And he said, well, it is the level of government that has the largest impact on people's daily lives. And so the county is involved with uh, parks, it's involved with um, the sheriff and the jail. It's involved with roads. It's involved with uh, river health. It's involved with uh, land use planning and development. Um, it, it, you know, mass transit. It's all these things that that uh, senior services, uh, homeless uh, care. It's all these things that that directly affect people's lives. And so, with my varied background and kind of all these different things that I've taken on and done over the years. Um, I feel like I'm a really good fit for the job, and that I can bring, I can bring middle class values, creative problem solving, to this position to to bring us into the future. We, it's it's uh, there. There's <laughs> I mentioned this earlier. It's it's a it's a good time to get into this because there's federal dollars coming in. Um, the economy is doing pretty well after after the dip with COVID and things like that, and we're growing. And so it's a really important time to to have people who can stand up and speak up for what they care about in a way that that's gonna shape our county, our cities, you know, for the next 20 years. Um, and I think, I think I can bring that to the job. So district three is the smallest of the five districts in the county. It's the most compact. Each district has about 100,000 people in it. Um, you know, the, the Washoe County goes all the way up to the Oregon border. Um, So that's that's (laughs) that's one district there. But the one uh, but district three includes Sun Valley in the north. And it goes down to kind of where I live kind of in northeast Reno. It extends to the east to Sparks and uh, to Pyramid Highway. It extends to the west all the way over to Keystone kind of along McCarran. Then it drops down along Keystone and Virginia to above the airport and kind of in that industrial area kind of northeast of the airport going up to the river there. And so it's a, it's a, it's the dense, densest district population-wise and it's incredibly diverse with uh the people that live here and also with the kind of businesses um you know throughout the district. The university uh UNR is right in the middle of the district. Downtown is the middle of the district. Um uh, yeah, it's it's just I mean it's where I spend most of my time and the place I know the most, so it feels it just feels extra good to be able to run for something with all these places that I that I know and care about.
0: How does our Washoe County Commission operate differently with Kyle Isaacson as one of its members? How is it different? How are you going to move it to a different direction? What are you going to be able to accomplish or what's going to be at the top of your list when you get going if you're in that position?
2: Yeah, so a couple of things. Uh, number one is bringing some creativity to around affordable housing. So I spent a lot of time this past week uh, touring the CARES campus, which is um, a shelter. Uh, th- this is in the last year the county has really taken on control of of um, of the homeless uh, issues. It's it's shifted, which I think is the right thing. And so the CARES campus is kind of like you've got safe camping, you've got um, you got the CARES campus. They're developing these mod pods, which are single single room. Uh, units, and then a step up from that is the village on Sage Street, and then and there's a lot of support there too to get people to move from from that, that single room place on on Sage Street to into into housing, and that's part of the challenge is to find out you know what resources people have and kind of get them what they need so they can move on. But there's a big gap, kind of you know studios, one bedroom, two bedroom, all the way up to single family homes, and my experience working with the uh, community Foundation of Northern Nevada. The, the reason we knew about them is because we had done research. I had done research um, about other community foundations around the country that have these land trusts, excuse me, land trusts uh, around the country that have hundreds and hundreds of, of units in them. And so it winds up being this this uh, tiered approach to, to affordable housing. So somebody can get in uh, at one level, they can have a, a rental history. They can save up some money. They can move into the next level, or when it's time to have a family, they can get the you know a, a bigger apartment, or eventually maybe even move into a, a single family home. So that's something that that we need. We need the leadership at the top to be advocating for this stuff nonstop. Um, and the same thing with around mass transit. As somebody who didn't drive a car or didn't have a car, we didn't own a car for about seven years. We biked and we took the bus. And it was really hard to get around, especially with two kids uh, using the bus. And so again, we need people in leadership position to say, "Hey, what's going on with this system? Why does it take me an hour to get from point A to point B? Why can I walk to the airport quicker than it takes you know to get on a bus?" Um, you know, asking these questions, looking at creative answers, saying maybe we need to to redo this whole system. And, and in fact, here's here's you know four examples from other cities that have done great work on this. I was, well, I won't get into that, but so affordable housing, uh, looking at mass transit. And then again, what are we doing around climate? And how are we as a city contributing to solving that problem? Uh, These are all things that we can be working on, that we can be working on, uh, you know, smarter, better, harder. And it's, maybe I mentioned this earlier, but one of the reasons I'm running is because I'm not hearing these strong voices talking about this stuff. It's kind of been this hodgepodge, pell-mell approach. Um, and we need, we need people at the top in these positions to be, to be standing up for these things.
0: Excellent. And I know political conversations, uh, we could talk hours and hours. So thank you, you know, for, for trying to focus on the, the big bullet points. Thank you so much. Good luck with your, your campaign and uh, hope to see a lot of you on social media.
2: Yeah, thanks, Nico. I appreciate the time.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Listening to this RTOWN RENO podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at RTOWN RENO, at com and on Instagram at Biggest Little Streets. Check back in for next week's episode or delve into our archives and remember, help each other out.